we are going to talk about tools today. Yay, the, the tools ones. necessary to make you a viable employee in the themed entertainment industry today. Damn, what a sell. Damn. <laughs> Everybody should listen to this episode yeah. immediately. Dun, 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 dun. People are going to be like, yes. Job, dun, 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 dun. People will probably be like, um, you forgot about all of these other things that <laughs> yeah, are right, super yeah, important whatever. and pertinent to yeah. work in it, the field. It is good to note that we are just going to talk about what is uh, relevant to what we have worked on. <laughs> not what everybody else in theme entertainment has worked totally. on. Totally. Um, so this is just a one experience out of many experiences of people who use different kinds of tools to do their job in a different way to get similar results, uh, either faster, better, whatever. Totally. Um, but this is one way to do it, and this is one uh, company that you know uh, uses this tool set that you know you're going to potentially get hired by. So maybe having some of these tools in mind and would using be good. them would be good. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like almost every company that I've gone to cross, you know, I've, I've been to what, like three or four different companies now yeah. and they all kind of use similar, maybe some variations here and there, right. but there's no, there's no like Pixar, you know, magic tool that somebody's developing in house. No. Either. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It's, yeah. There's not really a lot of R and D on that. Yeah. Front, you're you're you know? pretty much, if you know these tools, you're pretty good. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of like surprising ones where you're just like, oh, that company uses that tool to do that? That's oh, yeah. okay. Totally. You know, like that's way simpler than I thought or yeah. whatever. So, so for instance, uh, at EDC, the uh, I was an art director at that point, mm-hmm. but typically the tool that I used um, was AutoCAD and Excel. Like right. those were like <laughs> yeah. my two tools, right? Sure. Um, we were actually barred from using any sort of SketchUp because I think... Alex, who's been on the show before, was just not having it. He just did not believe in SketchUp as a right. professional tool to carry in the industry to partner with architects and other firms, sure. right? Which is a totally viable concern. Valid. Yeah. Totally. Valid concern. Um, but yeah, you talk about uh, you know going from EDC to Hedema, right? And EDC completely barred SketchUp. Hedema loves it right <laughs> like completely adores well, and using it it's very similar to like disney like disney imagineering is like they use a lot of sketchup over there uh, especially when the tool was free i feel like a lot of designers were just using it because they didn't have to go through the channels to get a four thousand dollar a year program <laughs> yeah. it was literally free so you just I mean, picked it up and went i think one of the other things that's beneficial about sketchup too is that um it even when you're building like a huge, large theme park or store or something that's really detailed and fully decked out, it doesn't like clog up, you know, your graphics card. It you're can still, still very keep up. low poly. Count. Exactly. Yeah. So as opposed to like AutoCAD 3D is like, oh my Stupid. god, that'll like lock down your computer immediately. Yeah, so. the, I mean, I've had I've had file sizes get up to f- 500 to a gig. 500 mags to a gig and still been able to kind of move around and do stuff. You, when you'll learn as you go through SketchUp that if you get to a certain file size, that it becomes like the clipping plane is like come and you can't, you know, do trim work anymore that you'll just take pieces and put them into a a new uh, file, paste in place and then work on it and then copy and paste back in. Right. And you've got the same, Same. and you don't have to worry about reorienting it. And yeah, no, it works great. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, like you said, a lot of it just comes down to working with architecture firms. And um, because a lot of times you can't provide an architecture firm with a SketchUp model because they're typically using something like Rhino. I think they're becoming more and more (laughs) 
flexible. Yeah, definitely. I think so too because I think they're starting to realize that that's just what they're going to get yeah, from from us from <laughs> a few minutes. At least from standpoint. at least from ahead of us. The the reason that you use SketchUp is because of the speed. Mm-hmm. We can get up uh, an entire designed room in a day and be walking around in it right now. And it's like, of course I want to well, do that. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, and that's that? the purpose of what we're doing. Why we're we're designing it, right? We're not right. engineering it. So it's no. a little different. And, um, and what's interesting is you can get in, like I've built models that are highly detailed right. in SketchUp that are to the inch and to, and I can take legitimate DWGs from them and put them into CAD and give them to our architecture you know, um, team. And they will absolutely just turn on some layers and transfer some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they become d- design drawings. Right, right. But you have to be an efficient and a, a very proficient organized SketchUp yeah. in order to do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think one of the things too with SketchUp that um, working in design firms is like, it's not like that's the final thing that you're handing over mm-hmm. to, you know, be all. built. Like that's, it's just a tool in the process. Like every project that we've worked on, um, every project that I've worked on, it's almost always gone into AutoCAD even, or Vectorworks of yeah. some sort afterwards. Even if you use, let's say you use like a Maya or a 3D Max, mm-hmm. the more quote unquote, you know, traditional uh, 3D, modeling, 3D software. modeling software that the professionals quote unquote use, right? Yeah. You still, I roll Tina over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's, it, it's true. It can handle more poly count. It, it's built for like more texturing and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, that's got to go into CAD. I right. Mean, you can't not have it go into CAD. So it's not like you're going to hand over a model to the engineering team and they're just going to, okay, cool. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a, it's always paired in tandem with, I think like here's CAD. the SketchUp but here's the AutoCAD flat dra- <laughs> 2D flat <laughs> drafting of that if, if thing. You wanna, if you want to guarantee yourself a job as like a starter intro kind of person, just no CAD. AutoCAD. <laughs> just no CAD. AutoCAD. It's like I would say, okay, so since starting in themed entertainment, I would say 50% of my work has been AutoCAD. <laughs> AutoCAD. <laughs> just like seriously months yeah. in AutoCAD. Like being and, a show set designer, like... It's a lot of autocad. <laughs> and that might, that might be specific to us and our experiences, but know, you know, it depends weird. on you know if you're if you're working for like a, a a production vendor like John Richards or something, you definitely need to know CAD. Like right. You're building the things. You right. know what I mean? So maybe working at a concept company that's not as you know in depth. Sure. But, but knowing CAD, you you definitely need to know that to get to any sort of production level. I feel like right. Um, because those are the packages that go out. Yeah, to be and I mean, even if you're like a concept designer of some kind, to be able to look at a CAD drafting or like a CAD package and know what mm-hmm. you're looking at and how to navigate in AutoCAD, I think is. Dude, I'll tell you, some of the scariest things that I've done at Hedema was reviewing CAD packages. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's so much, so much information on them to try and like understand and comprehend and and relate one page to the next and make yeah. no, and make sure that this information and that you're not transfers. missing something or that you're putting something down that's legit and not like stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's nice about that though is typically the package is going in front of 
five people who are oh, yeah. also doing that as totally. well, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody's got their eyes on it. You're not doing yeah. it in a vacuum where it's just right. just the, you. But. The other the other programs that are always a constant and that is just like a uh, God bless you. And the other that are just a constant. <laughs> who is, is that other person <laughs> in our apartment? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, is uh, your your Adobe's? Um, Sorry, I was just like, what if people <laughs> thought that that was me sneezing? It's a very masculine sneeze. It was Jared. Sorry. Okay. Jared's anyway. fault. Um, but there's uh, the Adobe products. I mean, you're going to use Photoshop. You're going to use Illustrator. You're going to use InDesign. Um, any one of those is like a staple. Absolutely. In the, like in the uh, industry. To go when you're starting to apply for jobs out there, like having, if you don't know how to use Photoshop, oh my God, you got to get on Photoshop. You have to know yeah. your way around it. Like, a, um, uh, arguments can be made for Illustrator, right? That there's might might be somebody already on the team who has it, or maybe you'll learn it as you go. Something. I um, think the, the but Photoshop is like an absolute. Photoshop <laughs> is like how you convey ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, you take a basic render or a, a screenshot of something, and you can draw on top or right. or photo mash or you know do something, but. Um, Illustrator, I'm becoming more, I'm using it more and more because of the pencil tool. And when I learned that, I love Illustrator actually. People get very frustrated, especially when they go from Photoshop to Illustrator because it's just, it it looks the same, Mm -hmm. right? It looks almost exactly the same. The pen tools and the selection tools are all in the same place, but it doesn't operate the same way. The reason that I like Illustrator is because Illustrator takes whatever you draw and essentially makes that into a DWG that you can import into yeah, SketchUp. It's pretty awesome. Whereas Photoshop is just pixels, it's raster based. Mm-hmm. So you can't whenever you draw something in Photoshop, that that isn't translatable into a model. Yeah, you totally. have to trace on top or do something like so, you know, there was a panel that I was designing the other day and I wanted to do it really quick. So I went into Illustrator and I drew a line, I drew another line, drew a line, connected, joined them. I made the the lines fatter in some places and shorter, you know, mm. and it makes a really organic nature to that line work that looks pretty freaking cool. Right. And all it is is a stroke. And then Illustrator, you outline that stroke. Outline that stroke and export to DWG and import into mm-hmm. SketchUp. And I've got this cool profile that I just face and boom, there's a cool panel design. Yeah, right? totally. Um, so Which, that's pretty much the capacity that I've used Illustrator yeah. on the job as well is um, for me, um, a lot of the projects that I've worked on with Disney, um, they require you to print out like these huge vinyl floor graphics yeah. or sometimes it's wall graphics or whatever, but the floor graphics are huge, right? It's like a lot of the projects are fast paced, so they don't have time to like lay down a tile floor and it needs to be smooth and, you know, perfect. So they just design a really cool themed vinyl floor graphic that they're just going to stick down in the room. Mm-hmm. But if you have a Photoshop file that is literally a 30 by 20 foot room, like you, it you can do it, but you have to scale it appropriately and then make sure that you're you know, um, DPI is, mm-hmm. you know, going to scale well. It's like, there's a whole bunch of other factors that have to be considered if you're going to do it in Photoshop. Also, when you're working in Photoshop, those files get really bulky really quickly. Oh, they bog you down. They do. Um, and I mean, I've been working on Photoshop files where it's like the thing is nine gigs yeah. and you're trying to scroll out and it yeah. takes a couple seconds, totally 10 seconds to scroll out. So you have to, I think Illustrator is important for that, where mm-hmm. 
you're using it for you know a bunch of other things that you might not think about like those giant vinyl floor graphics um it's scalable it's scalable which i think is super important there's also uh when i was back also um, great for logos yeah (laughs) when i was back at jra we used uh cad tools a lot and cad tools is a plugin for illustrator that allows you to put things into scale and then you can just say like 10 feet and draw the line that's 10 i um i i like it for monetarily purposes like it's, it's so cheap yeah. um compared to autocad because totally. autocad is just ridiculous it's not it's not useful for there, somebody there's just a, like an independent artist there's a lot of autocad that you just don't need as a theme entertainment yes. person nope, don't so need it. <laughs> you're paying for something that isn't necessary yeah, and they don't have a pricing tier for nope. individuals that accounts for like yeah. just the I, I don't even want to say bare bones. It's like there are some more advanced tools that I use in it, but overall I am not using it the for capabilities the capabilities of, yeah. of what it is. Yeah. And so even at what I think the if you it's like two hundred and ten dollars a month, but I don't even think you can do the monthly subscription. I think you have to sign up for a year and they just charge Jeez. you monthly, I yeah. think. So you can't like turn it on one month and turn it off another yeah, month. Right. Yeah. Um, which that just makes it not viable where yeah. something like CAD tools in Illustrator is totally. great. I get a, a little annoyed a lot of times because I, one of the reasons why I actually love working in AutoCAD is because I have a very OCD personality and I love parallel lines and those <laughs> parallel lines connecting yeah. and lined up exactly absolutely perfect and CAD tools there's a lot, some stuff where you like sure. zoom in and you're like, oh, that doesn't line up. And it yep. just kind of drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's usually not anything that's a problem, but sometimes I do get into situations where I'm like, what is the person who sent me this file? What is their intention here? Like it's an inch over. Is it supposed to be an inch over or is <laughs> yeah. it not? You know, right. so there is like a little bit of that happening. Accuracy. Yeah. I think so too, but I, I think it's a great option. Totally. I think the the big question um, that a lot of people have as students are up and coming is price. And um, totally diving into a Maya or a 3D Max is going to set you back a couple grand. Right. Um, I mean, I think one of the nice things about a lot of those places is that they do provide a lot of student um, prices, totally. free yeah, yeah, student yeah. subscriptions. Yeah, but but if you're if you're going in um, either as a freelancer. Yeah. And you want to do that, you got to know that that price yeah. is going to hike up after you're out of school. I haven't and, owned AutoCAD personally in right. years, like, because it's just not affordable for nope. me. Like, nope. just can't do it. So. so, so it's, it not only are you as an individual trying to, you know, manage your money, but also the company itself. So, you know, a lot of these companies are not Disney. They don't have multi million dollar deals and stuff. Right. So they're, they're watching the budget too. They're not going to buy a $4,000 license a year for something that might get used by one or two people. Right. right? So, and you, you still have to r- jump through, you know, red tape to get a program from a company. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times making sure you're buying enough seats and how yeah. those seats operate and yeah, all you that have to stuff. go through all the channels. Right. Yeah. So a lot of the times what I prefer is I just own my own SketchUp. I pay mm. for it yearly. It's only about 200 bucks a year. And then I own Enscape, which is a plugin that I'll get into, but that's only like 40 bucks a month. Those two combined are totally affordable for, you know, and help you do your job and 10 times absolutely help my do my do my job mm-hmm. um, and are totally worth it. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, I'm still using SketchUp that I bought like last year, so mm. I haven't had to update it 
yet and pay that. Right. I mean, it, it's kind of annoying because it asks me if I want to update like every single time I open the software. Well, you get a subscription based, or are you on? I was just before. The oh, subscription, you were. So mm. I have just the standard Got it. package. I don't yeah. have the subscription. The, I love the subscription based because I can upgrade because the 2021 version, if you guys don't have SketchUp 2021, please get SketchUp 2021. I don't know why people are so hesitant to upgrade, but it's insane how much better the file um they rewrote the .skp file mm-hmm. for 2021 so they have compressed all your files essentially so a 500 meg file before becomes 250 roughly nice so like all those massive file sizes you had mm-hmm. from sketchup are just nothing now nice yeah. nice i have an upgrade i i think i need to look into that well you if you have to pay it makes no sense but right <laughs> if it's a subscription and you're on yeah. that just upgrade because like mean, it's crazy they're I doing think good this stuff. is a great topic too just talking about um subscription services in general like um how do you feel about subscription services that companies have moved to subscription services for i'm totally fine with it i I think it's i think it's the way forward yeah Um, i so one time you can make you need to make it in chunks that are affordable though absolutely Yeah. yeah um i think one of the things that's interesting to me is um noticing uh generations that had to move from I just buy this outright to subscription based. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them are very hesitant and they don't like that. Yeah. Um. And I remember uh talking to one of the guys I worked with um at Disney, and he was one of those people who was mad. Like he's like, I don't want to pay a monthly subscription for this. I want to pay for it the one time. And it was really interesting to give him my perspective of like why I liked that. Mm-hmm. And for me as a student, it was way more like i could afford this now like before that i could not for photoshop i couldn't plug down 600 to a thousand dollars to just outright buy photoshop yeah and he was kind of like oh well you just save and i'm like no i mean in order to do my job i have to have have the application so So i'm not going to save any money if (laughs) if you can't get the job right and i was like also, I think at that time, too, I mean, it might have just also been like a perspective thing for that guy. Maybe he didn't have student loan debt or maybe didn't, mm-hmm. you know, maybe came from a wealthier background. But for me, it's like I maybe am able at that time to save $15 a month. Mm-hmm. So extrapolate that to <laughs> 600 to to $1,000. Yeah. It's going to take me years, years to save up. Not to mention my car breaks down in that time period and all of my savings go towards mm-hmm. that or I move. and Well, it's also you know, like you're buying into a product, but you're also buying into the company and the idea that the company is going to take your money and use it to improve that product. So you sure. can be on the forums and you can be like, hey, I want this feature. And, you know, you're paying for that. So they consider you a valuable customer right. yeah. that they want to keep so they'll keep updating I will and, say and you'll that, get that update. this um, new precedent of doing you know the subscription based I think it allows for a lot more like bugs to be out because they'll sure. just update it right mm-hmm. and then you just update your you just you know we yeah. have this thing and there was a bug mm-hmm. um, which I think is can get a little frustrating sometimes that you're often being dealt a product that's not in top uh, shape working condition. Yeah. I, so as a programmer, <laughs> I, I completely understand the the rapid testing and development and pushing is going to inherently come with bugs. And if people want the features and they want this and they want that and they're updated high demand, quickly and not years between updates, it's an instant gratification thing totally. that you just kind of part of the absolutely thing. i mean i think that's just uh, it's a difference in perspective right to be like totally. mm-hmm. like you said people are rapidly pushing this stuff out now mm-hmm. instead of you know waiting, a waiting full year and then you and beta tested and goes through try you know yeah. 
Um, so yeah. Anyway, just an interesting side topic totally. about subscription services. Yeah, yeah. So, so so coming back to the conversation, you know, you from company to company, you change you know, programs, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, EDC, we worked primarily in CAD and all that stuff. Then I went to Hedema and I've been primarily working in SketchUp, which now. I went to Hedema and primarily worked in CAD. In CAD. And <laughs> so. that's, that's what I was just about to say is like, I, I switched because my title switched, right? I went from art mm -hmm. director to designer and <clears throat> the designer role requires me to do SketchUp. So mm -hmm. my situation of buying SketchUp and buying Enscape is specific to me, right? There are plenty of people in Hedema who don't even know how to use SketchUp, right? Yeah. Um, is that a bird? <laughs> I have no idea. Like the apartment just got really dark and yeah, that would weird. have been one large bird. That was strange. Um, anyway. <laughs> but there are other people who are proficient at InDesign and they right. are the InDesign people, right? Right. And there are other people who are proficient at Macs and 3DS Macs. Right. And they're great because all the files we get from the architects, he deals with them, you know, and then right. he imports them for us and we can move it. So yeah. it really depends on your role. So when we talk about these tools, I'm going to be biased because this is what I do every day, right, you know? Right. But there are other people who, you know, if you want to be like the modeler, the premier modeler, maybe ZBrush or like a Maya Max or you right. want to do these organic models, maybe that's the way to go. Totally. Um, but or you, Blender. Blender is a great Blender, free, free also, tool. Yes. I've been seeing that Amazing. one crop up a lot more lately. Yep. Um, a little more complicated totally. in terms of its, you know, uh, learning curve. Um, but, but can free. do, <laughs> but free and can do outstanding things. Right. Um, so, you know, just keep in mind that if the track you want to go on might lead you to, yeah, I mean, what's the tool that you think you use most on a daily basis? SketchUp, no doubt. SketchUp. Every so day. for me, it's Photoshop. Yeah. Photoshop. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit more on that, uh, concept end of things. So mm -hmm. I typically am a little bit more in Photoshop, yeah. Illustrator, InDesign. I use a lot of InDesign for, yeah. I, I went, I'd, I came on to Hedema and I hadn't used SketchUp in years and now I'm like use it every single freaking day. So yeah. I, I know it like the back of my hand, but um, there's a bunch of things that you learn along the way on how to become more efficient at SketchUp, which sure. is, you know, you've pointed out in the past that like SketchUp is a sketchy software <laughs> and that it has too many plugins and that mm. it's like, I hate the plugins. And like, to me, the plugins are amazing because they make the product not reliant on the company. Totally. It's an open source software like Blender that people can just add mm. stuff to and then you get to use that stuff. You I, know? I wish my thing is I wish SketchUp would embrace that, that mm -hmm. they have a lot of plugins and that there was some way like a, a spot, a, like a collapsing folder where all of your plug plugins go. Because right now, all of my plugins float around <laughs> on the screen. You and can set them up in different ways, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. I I do, but like a lot of times, it's like I import a new one, and I got to figure out how. It, it's just like I wish there was like a little bit more sure. of like embracing that and being In like we're a plug a plugin company. So mm -hmm. how do we make this uh, user friendly? The UI and SketchUp <sighs> definitely needs a yeah. little bit and of work. Also I wouldn't like, push it too much. If but you're yeah. you can turn on and off the plugins, and then sometimes like you have updates, and then mm -hmm. those pl like there's just like a little bit of frustration for me on yeah. that front of like oh if this plugin's not working, yeah. like how do I get the update for it? Right. Do I turn it on? Do I turn it off? Like there's just like a little bit of a weirdness there yeah. that I wish they would tackle. But, but it is also allowed, you know, if you what I was used to was you just did a SketchUp model and you hit export, right? And export like 
that's what the SketchUp model looked like. And you could turn on shadows and <laughs> and you could make it look like a pencil drawing, but it wasn't really good. <laughs> so like SketchUp's rendering capabilities freaking suck. I mean, I don't use SketchUp rendering at all. No. Like it's completely pointless. Yeah. Unless I'm just exporting like a JPEG general, to just draw over. Yeah, just that's general fine. stuff, but nothing but, super crazy. But there are plugins out there that are incredible So at which plugins do you think you use? Malone well, the, the main ones that I know of are a program called Lumion. It's a little bit pricier and it requires you to load up the SketchUp model into Lumion, then work on it, and then, you know, go mm. back to your SketchUp and load it back in. Um, then there's V-Ray, which you can actually, like, load put up in. Lights. Yeah, you can load up in SketchUp and actually, like, put the lights in and then you have to hit a render and it kind of renders your window. Which, and depending on how complicated it is, the render take could take a while. Yep. It's very much traditional, like a Maya render, you know, um, if anybody's familiar with Maya. And then Podium, I, I've heard of it. I have not used it. So That's one that it. I've used before. It's you very similar any? to v- V-Ray in oh, okay. that you do it inside of SketchUp. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the end of it, in order to see your final result, you have to render it. Render it. And then that render yeah. sometimes takes that, 20 minutes to three hours, depending on how complicated it is. That For the longest time, that has been the deterrent for using something like that in our industry, because those were only used at the very final design to get a good render to then paint on top of it and make it like that was the only time you use v-ray so jacob what are you using lately that takes care of all (laughs) (laughs) the uh the newest plugin uh that i've gotten um used to at hedema is called enscape Mm. um there's a couple i think there's a couple of these coming out that are uh they change up the way that renders are done so Mm. just like i talked about before is like you had to render the image and then you had to wait 20 hours and you got the right image. and then it's like you can't the software is not accessible. <laughs> not accessible you can't do anything time, yep. so enscape actually uses a video game tactic which is it actually essentially puts your model into a video game simulator like mm. an unreal or unity and yeah. you can you can essentially just model and it sends the update to the the real-time render and you can just move around in it and you can get a nice. x i have an xbox controller and i just i just <laughs> move around in my model and and see what's going on and then i add to and i move and i move a person and and then i hit render and the render is already like pretty much done because it's already real-time render right and it just takes me less than three seconds to render an image and i can render out 15 different images for somebody to review so we've we've had presentations where I've gotten a request uh, most recently, like a couple weeks ago, I got a request like, hey, we have a presentation in an hour and uh, we need you to update three things and re-render the fly-through. Fly-throughs are nightmares to render. Oh, yeah. That's hours of work. Days. Days, potentially. Depending how long it is and what's going on. I heard stories of before I got the head of mine, they tried to do a fly-through of an entire land and they had to buy render farms and like wait days and weeks for it to render, right? Yeah, it's like at that point you're like doing a Pixar film. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to set it up and that's what, that it is what it is. You Mm -hmm. can't change anything. I was able to, in an hour, make the changes and re-render the entire fly through, put it into After Effects, 
meld all the videos together and dish it into the presentation wow. in under an hour. That's pretty incredible. It's I mean, you're incredible. also a fast worker too. So I, people I have take that into consideration. Yeah. Jacob is a whiz <laughs> with this stuff. I like, have all my shortcuts set up. Yeah, I am ready to go. Jake is very good about this <laughs> stuff. Like flying. I don't imagine <laughs> just people right out of the gate to be able to the, do that. Yeah, yeah. The normal person would probably take a little longer than an hour sure. to do it. Sure. But the capabilities that this provides is insane. Yeah. Because now I can, I could be, I'm literally in a meeting and I render an image and then they say, okay, change. I render the image again and I give it back and we can talk about it. Like, right, right th- like, there, real time almost. Yeah. I now don't have to wait another couple days to meet with somebody to get their right, input. Like, right. I got it right there. Totally. And they said, yep, that's it. I'm like, great, and cool, done. I mean, and moving on. It seems like, um, at Hedema that they are embracing that. So like Don Carson over there, he's kind of the one who has been kind of champion, championing, championing that. Is this the word? Yeah, champion. Um, oh, this is the word this, <laughs> this episode? Word. Um, yeah. Um, he He's like the founding father of Enscape at Hedema. Yeah, <laughs> he's totally. Like, he's like the one who brought it Which, to Which, by the way, if you've never um, seen any of Don Carson's stuff, um, look up Don Carson on Instagram. Yeah. Um, he And then you can find his youtube which he shows you how he builds out his theme park yeah. attract his own theme park attractions yeah. u- using these methods with sketchup and enscape and he puts sound and lighting in him yeah. and he it's incredible he, he is a great person you that to you learn can, from you you can make your own theme park attractions by yourself in your house in a couple days. yes in a couple days it's really <laughs> incredible um yeah so check him out for sure um, but yeah, they're, they're embracing it wholeheartedly now, um, mm. because we've gotten lucky and we've had, um, my boss, Scott Sinclair is very, he's, he embraces new technology and wants to figure it out. Mm. And he's very much a SketchUp user. Um, and he, he's open and, you know, willing, you know, if you show him something and you can see it get done fast and he can figure it, then yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. We're, we're lucky at Hedema to have a lot of people who, invest in making the process better sure um which i mean i think that's something so just from a mindset standpoint talking about tools one of the things that excuse me i've it gets a little exhausting is that our generation is going to be the generation that you just have to be able to learn new tools Mm-hmm. Um, rapidly you rapidly you just got to jump on board you got to jump feet first and you've got to dive into that and mm-hmm. anytime that you see a tool that is saving time you got to understand that that is going to be implemented down the road totally. because all of these companies like that is the way of the future they're trying to figure out how to save time and money that's the that is yeah, that is mo number one of yeah. what they are trying to do totally and so if you are seeing anything that helps you save time, immediately figure out how you can dominate that software and it, be desirable to a company. It makes you valuable. It does. As an employee, the employer wants to see who's like making shit fast and mm-hmm. being efficient. And, you know, if, if you can get me a render in less than five minutes... Hell yeah. Like, yeah, why would I you're going to beat out the guy who... And I, I'm going to go to you next time I need yeah, a run. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, which I do. I mean, I feel I feel a little bit bad for some of the, you know, like um, some of the other colleagues that we have at Adama who are just like, man, you're killing me. Like, it takes me three <laughs> hours to do a render in the software that I'm like really amazing at. And here you are like whipping yeah. one out in five minutes, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it's just the way of the future. You got to yeah, jump on and, board. And yeah, and be willing, be willing to take the risk and learn something new and not 
you know, be afraid that don't be intimidated by yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the big things about tools that I think we often get intimidated that we're like not going to know well, and, how to do it or something. The, the beautiful thing is like a client doesn't know if the, what you'd produce is like to your yeah, expectation. They have no idea how to, so like if yeah. you try a new tool and it fucking sucks <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like you, you don't produce a render that was up to your standard by, you know, yeah, they don't know. <laughs> I gave up Enscape and I tried this new thing and I, it didn't turn out well, but, it got it's in the presentation they don't freaking know they don't they know think it's gorgeous yep you know it's and you true. failed and you, okay great move on and that wasn't the program for you and keep going right. you know um so don't don't think that your expectations are the client's expectations totally. by any means totally. you know? yeah um yeah so uh, that's kind of like uh sketch up uh, <laughs> please use SketchUp kind of bid. Yeah. my god just <laughs> just, just use, use the SketchUp, SketchUp. Um, <laughs> but I will say that beyond SketchUp there are also um, some futuristic options that we're getting into yeah so where are we going of how to collaborate with these tools mm-hmm. um, so SketchUp is now jumping into a world that because it's low poly it is very uh, friendly for VR VR What's up? And VR um, and the two mesh well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because a box in SketchUp is, you know, a couple edges and six faces. Yep. And that's, that's it, it. right? And, yeah. And, that's, and then you put another box on it. And you, you don't have complex faces that you're trying to model in SketchUp. You're very much block, you know, modeling. Um, so there's uh, a couple things. I just bought an Oculus Quest 2, which is probably why we're talking about tools today. Yeah, it's um, on the brain. It's on my brain. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend looking into any VR set. Oculus Quest 2 is just the most affordable. Um, it's probably the best. In yeah, terms we have of performance. an Oculus. It's somewhere in storage. I want to pull it out mm-hmm. again. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's the beta. Oh, like way back yeah, in the yeah. day. So it probably needs to be updated a bit. But I we mean, have the Oculus, Oculus Twi- Rift. The the two is uh, three hundred bucks. I mean, mm. it's now like That's less than a console. I mean, pretty affordable. Super affordable yeah. if you're looking for something to just play around. Yeah, with. I mean, there's even things like if you know if you are interested but you can't afford something like that. Like what's the Google Cardboard? Oh yeah, I think you so. Know? I haven't like, looked into that much, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's like literally you can put your phone yep. like inside this little contraption, like cardboard contraption that and was get made something by Google, yeah. and get an effect of similar VR, mm-hmm. yeah, feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so you know, I highly recommend looking into that. And then um, there are a couple. It's also there are the apps on the Quest Oculus are much more um, vast. There's a lot of support for the VR apps in mm. the Quest. Um, so there's a couple things. Um, uh, gravity sketch is on there. Uh, gravity sketch is just, a um, super free. It's very easy. And it, you kind of like in midair can draw stuff and like, mm. you know, make these three dimensional objects that can then import back. Is into that the SketchUp. one where people do like the 3d paintings yep, in it? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's going to be good for like your organic. Like if you're thinking about, you know, what, what would be good for the future? Like if you're trying to design like a door or like a statue or a fountain or something going into gravity sketch and just kind of, you can shrink it down and bring it back up, but you could mold a fountain of some sort, you know, and then just have this organic shape and export it and import it right back into SketchUp. And now you've got this cool thing that would have taken a while in SketchUp that you've now done in gravity sketch. Um, so that was really cool when I jumped into that. Um, and then there's also this thing in beta. You have to do this weird workaround and stuff. Um, but it's called VR sketch. Mm. Um, and it allows you to essentially load up a SketchUp file on this VR sketch 
and not only work in it actively because all the SketchUp tools are in like a menu, like you can push pull, you can create a rectangle, you can draw, you can do all this stuff that you just do in SketchUp. But while you're in there doing that stuff, it is updating on your PC nice. live. So, so like I draw a box and pull it up and it's live pulling up a box, which is really cool. Yeah. And then they also have so you can the like ability. live build in totally. VR. Totally. Like, you, it, that's so cool. In, in five, <laughs> Sorry, I like just think about like yeah. that, all the cool shit you can do Dude, with that. In five to ten years, that will be what we are doing. Totally. I mean, when we Absolutely. are when we're working on like a new restaurant or new attraction or something, somebody will mock up a little base, right? And then that like, we'll have our a meeting. Ground, our footprint that yep. we're in, yeah. And we'll have a meeting, and we'll say, okay, I think we need to have an object here, and they'll just draw a little box and pull it up and. Okay, that seems about right. Okay, and then you'll go all the way around the attraction, and everybody will be in the model with you. You can do everybody that. Everybody will have a VR headset. You can do that now, right? And I, I did it with Don a couple of days ago, and it was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, we can walk around, we can see what's going on, but we could also like model something and model something together and push and pull and come up with, and like that was like insane. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. If you're like designing an attraction or. Uh, uh, just even like a site, you know, you could draw up the site and scale it down to one by 500 and start placing blocks where you think buildings should go and then drop back down into it and look at the buildings and then go, okay, drop back up and pull it over. I mean, the, the potential of it is endless, right? I mean, it is just, just getting to the point where it's being usable. Yeah. But I mean, the, the tools and becoming fast and getting the connections better is just going to come, you know? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you you can fully expect that in the next couple of years, you will be having meetings in models, yeah. like in actual models. Which is so VR, cool. I'm super which excited about that. Which is insane to yeah. think about. Um, so that's kind of what I've been on a kick about. It's just this cool totally. new tech. Yeah, I've been meaning to get more into it because I, I think that's going to be invaluable to be able to be inside of it mm-hmm. and really understand it's, scale because again it's like we're talking about scale we talk, I feel like we talk about scale on a lot of our yeah. episodes but it's so important to realize I think one of the reasons why it's so important to realize is like the relationship of a body in space is like the whole reason why we do what we do right. there is a guest who is in world. the middle of your three-dimensional world right. so the relationship between look those left, two has to look right has, has you know, to be you, can, you know thought about and yeah. Any tool that helps us in that, you know, endeavor is going to be Useful. invaluable. And, exactly. and people are going to pick it up and they're going to use it, yep. right? And especially exactly. the affordability of the headsets. The more affordable they become, the more lightweight, the more, the better they become, the more accessible it is for everybody else on your team. So right. the producer could get a headset and he doesn't model at all, but he's in the meeting because yep. it's affordable for me and I want to be in there and right. looking around, you right. know? Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how much being in VR lets you you know, see that that's too high or that's too, too big, big or too this small. hallway's really cramped or that, you know. It really does matter. It absolutely You matters. know, um, I mean, we were kind of talking about this before we got on about what we were going to talk about. And a lot of that's like physical tools as well, right? Because yep. we're talking a lot about apps and um, just software in this episode. Um, but like prior to that, prior to all this stuff, there's like maybe you're phys- like actually physically building models, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if you do have those skills or you have the opportunity to take classes that are, have model building in them, like actual physical model building classes, um, I would definitely, you know, investigate the, those options. Yeah. You have. They're becoming less 
and less, you know, pertinent well, to this world because yeah. they take a long time. <laughs> a long time. Um, but they're so awesome, you know. It's it's more about the principles you learn, the design principles you learn in those classes. I think so too. Than the actual like pr- producing or becoming that. That's yeah. your job. And you I know? I definitely think that those physical models they're going to teach you different skill set and you're going to have different tools that relate more to, like you can put you can put textures on your model, right? Mm -hmm. And it's becoming more and more that you can like literally be like, all right, here's my panel. I did this in Photoshop and I applied this Photoshop file to this panel. And so now you can do crazy intent, like crazy things and you can apply, what are they like histograms or whatever to tech, you know, create textures on it. I mean, it's insane what you can do with that. And you can just paint over it and replace it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You don't need to like come up with a whole new board and redo it. (laughs) Yeah. There is stuff with like a physical model. That's um, like a preciousness. That's Mm. like, I just spent so much time on it. What (laughs) if we paint this thing, you know? I mean, and that's just something I think, um, that's the difference between a lot of student work versus like when you start to do it after a while, like you're like, whatever, destroy it. Like, you know, like whatever iterations, like just, let's just keep going. I mean, I think when you're a student or you're just starting out, like everything you create is so precious to you that you don't want to touch it. Um, But I do think there is something in physical models that you're not going to get in Photoshop and stuff. And it's, it is like that kind of paint technique and texture Mm -hmm. technique that, those I think those um, tools and skills are invaluable for later on for discovering. All right, this is what the paint job is actually going to look like. Absolutely, um, this is what the texture is actually going to look like. Proportions that you work out, right. the feel of a three D object. I mean, yeah. you're, all that stuff is definitely. Is very and being valuable. able to like just look at it and hold it in your hand mm-hmm. is very different than seeing it in VR. You yes. know, so and I think there's also like this. Um, there's a little bit of an, an uncanny valley happening in VR where it's like, is this really? what I'm going to actually experience is like, and there's also like, is the focal length in here correct? That this is actually in relationship to what Mm -hmm. I'm actually seeing, which I think the VR thing is the thing that kind of takes the cake on that and really solves a lot of those problems that you're having. Um, But yeah, I think if you do have the ability to gain some of those practical skills, those are good and they will inform your digital software skills as well. For sure. Um, And I mean, some of those things are like things like model building. Um, You know, if you're um, at a place where you could maybe take a scenic painting class, that's like really cool. There's a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of tools associated with that. Um, Sketching, painting, all of those are other tools that get used in the workplace besides just the software. Now, that being said, majority of our work happens in digital in a digital field um although i will say my first job ever out here in la i was hired to build a physical model (laughs) so um that was the thing that got me in the door (laughs) yeah it's it's like when you're in college as a freshman you want to learn the basic fundamental foundation Mm -hmm. courses right and those are the foundation courses i didn't take those i wish i would take those right if you have access to a hand drafting class i would absolutely recommend a hand drafting class i took hand drafting it was amazing (laughs) so it is really fun and i think there's things that are happening with things like hand drafting classes that right they teach you about line weights they teach you the value of um you know creating um depth in your own drawing that helps like bring the drawing off the page even though it's a plan you have to think about the composition of that plan Mm -hmm. and how it how it lays on the paper that's the other point that i was just going to bring up uh, uh, bring um across was that 
so much of a hand draw or a hand drafting class is focused on how you organize information on a page. And yeah. I feel like a lot of so my I had I had a hand drafting class in undergrad and it was a lot of based on that. It was a lot of like line weights and lettering and working mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff. And it wasn't actually until gra- grad school that I took another hand drafting class. My professor was hell bent on me taking another hand drafting course. Um, but through that course, I learned how to lay out a page and mm-hmm. that was invaluable. And it actually completely changed my perspective on how you present and organize information to you know, the people who are going to build this stuff. Yep. Um, and unless you're getting that well, someplace, you're not. And how you're going to sell it. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, exactly. If you're pitching to a client and you just pitch a, a sheet of paper that's all the same line weight and you're trying to you don't know talk to, look to them about and what parts what building and you're like, and what the, I don't, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, like you need to, every drawing or, or plan or anything you do has to read what you're trying to convey mm-hmm. you know if it's and just that is- happens in autocad too like any of the show set design work that i've done we have a set line weight you know we have set line weights that we use in order mm-hmm. to organize our information especially in like elevations you know ground plans get a little bit more complicated because they're yeah. putting things on like furniture layers versus operations layers mm-hmm. versus you know there's like a bunch of that kind of stuff but like elevations are all about line weight and understanding like yeah. okay well this I'm drawing the front view of this building, but yeah, this side, you know, view goes back. So I have to account that this, this side wall is set back from the front part of the building. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think hand drafting is the thing that is, helps people understand that later on. It's a good, it's a good uh, reason to learn these things because they translate into so much else. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, it may seem useless. You know, it's like I think there's a lot of that that happens in school where you're like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, that you're like, oh, actually, I learned a, when later on. I realized I learned a really invaluable skill in that class. It didn't yeah. seem right at the time. It seemed useless at the time. But now that I look back on it, I'm like, oh, it's actually a great. Glad, <laughs> glad I have that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, do you want to just wrap up some other ones like other software? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like we talked to maybe after effects, you might have to use after effects sometimes. So, yeah. I use after effects when I'm doing fly throughs. Um, mm. it's in, really in tandem with media coder, right? And media uh, encoder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll typically, uh, render out a fly through an endscape. Um, and that endscape render will typically, uh, be in parts. So uh, doing an entire fly through is, uh, cumbersome for both the design iterations and your computer. Mm. <laughs> so you typically want to do fly throughs in like little 30 second increments or something at max, um, so that you can render out a portion. So if something gets design change, you only need to render that 30 seconds rather than the whole, whole two thing. minutes. Sure. Um, but you have them in pieces so then you can change layers on and off <laughs> so that when you put it in after effects, you can actually transition those videos so like if you want a door to open or if you want to show something and not show something or if you want to show a scale of something and then show a different option of a scale of something you can render two fly throughs put them into after effects and just fade between the two Mm. so that it's one full video that's seamless but you can see two different objects in that video right Mm. and you can make it loop and go back and forth so that's a full loop and there's a ton of stuff you can do in after effects very easily to make your fly throughs more effective 
Um, so using After Effects and then also using Media Encoder. So if you run your After Effects through a Media Encoder, you can actually get a file size that's manageable. Right. Um, a lot of the fly-throughs that come out of Enscape are typically large. They're like 100 megs or something. And you do not want to put a 100 meg video into a presentation. Like right. it's not not good for anybody, totally. <laughs> especially not the producer who's trying to put the damn presentation together. So I'll take all my fly-throughs that are raw out of Enscape, run them into Media Encoder, and they'll come down to like 20 megs. Right, right. Yeah. It, is, it is really interesting to talk about this kind of stuff too because a lot of times, um, you know, it's like, God, how can we talk a whole episode, devote a whole episode to tools, you know? And I think it's just important to understand that like this is like not the romantic part of the job no. that you have to deal with is like file management uh-huh. it is a huge a huge process at any company every company has different tools and different ways that they organize their information and how they label their files and sure. you know their workflows of how this tool works with this tool and for me starting off I think that was actually one of the most intimidating things being in my first job mm-hmm. in theme entertainment like not understanding like oh like b- prior to moving out to LA I'd never used like an AutoCAD sheet set before <laughs> and that like the first time that Thanks, I did that uh, <laughs> no this is before that I learned from Gordon you learned from Gordon <laughs> I, um, this is before that like I think before you even got to EDC yeah Francesca probably. was like here is our book yeah, on, yeah, yeah. good luck yeah, yeah and like I had to figure it out myself and I was like so overwhelmed because there's so much information about like okay this is how we label our files yeah. you know and it's like EDC dash zero zero dash three hundred dash blah blah like and it's like <laughs> all of those numbers have a very specific thing right and those that surprisingly happens across almost every everywhere every company is you like, have to stay organized you have to stay organized especially in a collaborative a environment yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but i think um preparing yourself and knowing how to navigate between softwares and understanding your own workflow with these tools is essential yeah. before you get into a workplace you you need to make sure so you be confident about it <laughs> yeah. you know it's just like a relationship you need to make yourself happy before you make other people happy right <laughs> so like sure. you need you need to make your process work for you which mm-hmm. i i have a full structure that works for me right i know where all my jpeg exports are i know where all my videos are i know all that stuff doesn't really relate to what hedema does but i name all my files according to hedema right Mm. because that's the the procedure that we're supposed to do right Right. so you have to figure out a process that works for you with your workflow and what you're producing and then also like you said follow all the guidelines that a company certainly has definitely Yeah. yeah i think it's important to understand that that's a huge part of every job is understanding that and like I also think, too, that um, if you are getting out there, if you're new to the industry, like, don't be afraid if you don't know how to use to something. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to just admit that if you would like. Some people don't want to admit it and they'll just go in there. I think Jake's a person like, I'll just go in my corner and I'll figure it out <laughs> I'll and I'll watch a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'll straight up be like, you know what? I've never done that before. I may need a few minutes to, you know, yeah. do that. And every i've never had a person be like what excuse you me? don't know how to do that the only the only thing you get caught in is if you if you have completely done nothing with a program and you are getting hired to do that program yeah i don't do and that. then you walk into the job and you don't know what to do if you're gonna say that you can do autocad in an interview and you don't know you better go home and learn AutoCAD before you that go night, into the first you day. You pull an all-nighter <laughs> you and learn. you figure it out. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, we actually you're... had people at EDC who were like, yeah, I totally knew how to use AutoCAD. And they showed up no, and no. they clearly did not know. No clue. 
and they were let go by the end of the day. Yeah. Because it was like, we just don't have time. We don't have if time. If you're hired specifically for that. For that. Exactly. Different. If you're in a company and you're trying to explore something new, absolutely open, totally. honest. Yeah, no, that's explore. a great, that's it. a yeah. great differentiator there. Yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. no, 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 don't like... You're like, oh, yeah, actually, I said I do AutoCAD on my resume. And no, I don't actually. I've opened it before. It's like, no, 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 that's not that's not the same. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's been tons of times where people were like, hey, Tina, could you, you know, throw this? Could you maybe try like, um, you know, um, oh, God, like a motion graphic? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, I've actually never done a motion graphic before. I I could try it, you know. Give me a day and I'll see what I can do. Exactly. And I think people are totally fine if you're... Totally. If if, you set a a time expectation, like, give me an hour, let me see if I can do it, and then I'll get back to you. Then they're like, okay, that sounds good, you know? Yeah. Um, There's a difference between, again, being a core team member versus... Totally. Uh, hired a project for hire, specific I think. like you're an illustrator i've never opened photoshop <laughs> sorry photoshop? <laughs> what sorry what you got hired to do yeah. illustrations you know <gasps> totally um, totally yeah uh the uh, the last thing that i have is just um i know this is probably archaic because google slides has been out for years <laughs> yeah but uh the industry i think as a whole is getting more uh presentation based and those presentations change dramatically five minutes before the presentation, yeah. right? So um, we've been using a lot of cloud-based presentations, which as a team, you need to, uh, you don't need to be proficient in these things, but if I, me as a designer and I go into a presentation file that they shared with me on the cloud, I just need to know how to replace an image, right? And know where to navigate and how to get there, right? Sure. Um, producers, but, on the other hand, need to know like how to transition between slides. I and mean, all that I stuff. don't know, like a lot of my work at, EDC was putting together packages, you know, and that's that's the difference in companies, right? Uh-huh. EDC might present a package of PDF, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Hedema is very presentation, like, mm-hmm. and then we'll send you the presentation in a PDF, right? And then sure. if we have the final package, that's something separate that we'll send to you. Totally. Right? So it's two different approaches. <gasps> yeah. So I mean, just being able to. Layout pages, I think, is important. So whether that's on a Google, um, like slides, Keynote, or mm-hmm. um, InDesign, yeah. I've I've seen people use PowerPoint, and it's so we use PowerPoint sometimes, but it's um, I don't, I don't I, think it's the preferred. No, I don't think it is either anymore. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you should know how to open it and use it. Yeah, um, which kind of brings me around to like the last few that it's like you probably should know your way around like Adobe Acrobat. You should know how to PDF and how to... You should know how to save down save files, right? Yeah, you should know how to edit a PDF in the last second if you need to. Right, Um, And then, of course, there's always like the ones like Microsoft Office, like, you know, know Word, (laughs) things like that. You do run into, but I honestly think it's becoming... I mean, unless you're a producer, producers use Excel all All the the freaking time for, you know, budgets. Oh, yeah. You got a lot of numbers you're dealing with. Absolutely. But, you know, um, not not high on my priority list for a designer. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, which I would think that's most of the people listening to this podcast, maybe. I don't know. But um, and then I don't know, there might be just some that we're forgetting about, like if you're on a more management kind of level like Gantt. Mm. you know oh, like yeah, things yeah, like, like that super, like yeah, scheduling yeah. you know right. there are some of those out there that but um, hey you if find. you have any 3d modeling programs that you recommend 
let us know. Right. On Instagram. Totally. <laughs> or <Yeah>. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, always find our Instagram posts and um we always put po- we post for every episode and we usually ask a question on there. Mm. Um, and if you listen to the episode and you have any input, just pop it on that Instagram post. We'd love to have Let's a conversation chat. with you <laughs> about it. Um, I think we get like one comment every three weeks yeah. <laughs> right now. But hey, hey we're turning um, it up. Yep, exactly. So cool. You got anything else? I don't think so. I think that's, that's been pretty good. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, a little discussion. Yeah. It worked out perfectly because my laptop just died. Oh, wow. So now I don't have our documentation. Let's, that let's lets talk me about know. Uh, the importance of a charger. No. <laughs> Always bring a charger to the meeting. No. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, you, again, you can find us on Instagram at the D Ticket Podcast or on Twitter at D Ticket Podcast. Know the. Know the. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Produced by Jacob Birding and Tina Savala. Sound engineering by Jared LeClaire. Music by Ryan Mowry. Fact checking by anyone who has an opinion about the entertainment industry. Sound intern and official podcast pup, Oakley, the Wonder Oak, Lindegren. And a special thanks to Jared LeClaire and Carrie Lindegren. 